Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the 12th of July, 2023. Happy, uh, what the hell day is it? It's Wednesday. It's the last day of, uh, what the hell is that? Pride, no, Prime Day. Pride, not Pride. Different, different thing. Although you can probably buy a lot of supplies for your Pride needs during Prime Days. Yeah, it's just, I spent... A lot of time today kind of laughing to myself about the crap that they're giving away. Not giving away, but selling over at Amazon. I actually, um, I, I I looked. I put a couple of things in my shopping cart, and then I didn't buy them. I just didn't. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, and I'm like, I don't need this crap. I don't want this crap. And you're sitting there going, what, what the hell? The pee pads, they're still available. Honey. Christmas came early. Get your fifteen dollars off of Grubhub. For what? I don't know. It's just an impulse buy. It's a problem. I got you gigantic bulky Beats audio and an ugly chair and a bed frame. Oh, thanks. Uh, wouldn't it be easier just to push me down a flight of stairs? Wouldn't it be more direct to the point? Anyway, we got. I'm not gonna bore you with what I didn't buy. <laughs> it's just didn't the uh my computer my new computer showed up today so that's exciting this will be the first podcast edited hopefully knock wood on the new computer and then it'll all work because well the old computer still works but you know i'm gonna try the new one i don't have word on it yet because that the word still works on the other one but i will eventually have to get word and that was part of the reason why I had to upgrade. But anyway, we've got a lot of stuff going on. Don't forget about supporting the program. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com. If you please, s'il vous plaît, merci beaucoup. The president is over in Europe right now. Joe Biden is not up for the job. It's really just amazing to me that Joe Biden keeps getting... Praise. I mean, eventually, they're going to run out of ways to hide this. Like I say, they've been nudging Joe to kind of go, dude, you know, in it time, in it time. And he keeps saying, no, 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 no. There's still more money I can milk. This is the thing is, if you get away with it for so long, you think you can get away with it forever. You also recognize that people are on your trail. And the longer you're in position to be in good favor with the left-wing establishment, the longer they'll cover for you. If you're out of office, then there won't be as, there'll be a whole bunch of, we should just leave the old man alone, let the old man be, but there'll be people who, you know, you shouldn't let the old man be. You shouldn't let the old man be. So you go and uh, investigate and get him, and there's no longer the protection that was afforded him by so many on the left because he was in a position to do. He leaves. He's no longer in a position to do something for him. They find a smoking gun. They find something that's wildly criminal. They can't. Look, they spent the last three years going after Donald Trump. There is no precedent. There used to be. There's now no precedent for leaving the old man alone, just letting the president go, letting the president ride off into the sunset. No. They've hounded Donald Trump. They set the new precedent. Joe Biden gets hammered until he's gone. Actually, for eternity, until people forget who he was, until the damage he has done has been thoroughly undone. But anyway, he's over at the uh, NATO meeting, and it is sad, pathetic, really. UK Daily Mail, President Joe Biden has raised eyebrows after skipping dinner with NATO leaders on Tuesday night and instead heading straight to his hotel in Lithuania. Maybe he had a prostitute lined up for him and Hunter. A U.S. official blamed the 80-year-old president's busy schedule over four days and said he's preparing for a, quote, big speech on Wednesday when asked why he wasn't attending. Now, these people don't get together very often. So... When they do, you should power through it 
right? It's not like they're have look, we're gonna have dinner at midnight, and then we're gonna reconvene right at about uh, four a.m. and get into serious, and then you give your speech. That's not how it is. They build in plenty of time for them to go and do their jobs, for them to relax, whatever. Again, see their mistresses, whatever they're doing. When the president sat down with the British prime minister yesterday, he had cue cards with him. Cue cards with him. Right? Like, what the hell? You have cue cards. Because he's having a conversation with an ally, and the ally is not white. And so you might forget that he's dealing with the UK. You got to put that down there. Hey, this guy is not the Indian prime minister, he's the UK prime minister. Just know. Just know that that don't be scared. He is. We are here. We are near here. Just in case there is no reason to be scared, Mr. President. That's what the cue card basically said. I bet. Biden, who has been in Europe, back to the story. Biden, who has been in Europe since Sunday night and went to the beach on Saturday, had Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The guy's name always screws me up. Attend instead. Don't you love it? He's had a busy four days. He's had a busy. Four days. So this was Tuesday, this dinner, Tuesday. So we go back, it's Monday, Sunday, two days. Saturday is three days, three days. Joe Biden spent Saturday on the beach. There's a lot of unfortunate photographs of Joe Biden shirtless on the beach, laying on a reclining lawn chair, beach chair, whatever the hell they're called, falling asleep in the sun, essentially, in Rehoboth Beach. He has not had a busy four days. His travel from the United States to Lithuania on Sunday involved not sitting in coach, but involved sitting on a custom-made plane where he has all the comforts of home. He and only him and his wife, I suppose, or his mistress or whatever, probably his degenerate son. I imagine Hunter's with him as well wants to keep that guy close to him. But it is not as though he has spent the last three days breaking raw. I don't know what he did on Friday. There wasn't much, it doesn't seem. So the idea to sit there and say, well, the president of the United States was just too too tired. He's got too much stuff going on and he's given a speech tomorrow, meaning today. So he needed to skip this important all-hands-on-deck dinner. That better be one hell of a speech, right? Isn't that, isn't that what? That better be one hell of a speech. If he he's going to rehearse the speech, to work on the speech, whatever he doesn't write his own speeches, but if that's the story they're telling, he better deliver one hell of a speech. The president's snub came after he told Turkish President Recep Erdogan he would win re-election and would be working with him for the next five years, despite mounting concerns about his health and age. He was confident about his chances in 2024. Biden would be 86 at the end of his second term. Ukrainian President Zelensky and his wife Olina led the dignitaries in the first night of the summit in Vilnius. French President Emmanuel Macron and his wife Bridget were also in attendance. Everybody was there except for Joe Biden. Why? Because he's too old. He's not up to the task. He's too tired, falling asleep, needing notes for basic meet and greets. Look, when you're you're sitting down with the prime minister of another country in front of cameras, even within eyeshot of cameras, not behind closed doors, you are not discussing anything important, anything specific, anything strategic. You'll get to that stuff behind closed doors. You're meeting with them solely for the purpose of being filmed and photographed while chatting. That's it. So the newspapers and the TV news have something to run with their stories about what you did today as president of the United States. That's all it is. If you need notes for that, you have no business in that position. You're a danger and a detriment to your country. Just saying about Joe. Speaking of dangers and detriments to the country, they are going to let Sweden into NATO. I don't know why. I know why Sweden wants in. Sweden will. They're afraid of Russia. They share a, a border with Russia. I'm not sure we need them in, but 
you know, if you're into provoking the uh, problems that caused Ukraine to go to or Russia to invade Ukraine, then, you know, go ahead. I think NATO has outlived its usefulness. You really kind of need something, something to replace NATO, probably. But whatever, I, they'd set the barrier to entry so damn low that degenerate countries would get in, like Ukraine. Washington Post reports they haven't let Ukraine in yet. But Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, I think that's how you, I don't know how the hell you, whatever, on Tuesday upended a summit of NATO leaders discussing his country's potential membership, blasting an agreement for its lack of a concrete timeline for Kiev, not Kiev, Kiev, to join the alliance, as well as the, quote, absurd process by which it was drafted. In a fiery tweet, Zelensky frustrated Ukrainian advocates inside the alliance who believed they had secured a win for Kiev by pushing the United States, Germany, and other reluctant countries to consent to, quote, issue an invitation for Ukraine to join NATO when the allies agree and conditions are met, end quote. The language was not read out by NATO, or the language was read out by NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg after the agreement among NATO's 31 leaders was made. Now, it's really easy for, what, 27, 28 of those countries to go, yeah, I'll let them in. If they commit 50% of their military to NATO, that'll cost them two or three people. Honestly, that's it. So to sit there and care about what they say, oh no, Lichtenstein is in favor of letting, the, all right, well, why doesn't Lichtenstein send all of its military, all of it, 100% of its military, but with those seven people out of the country, they'd be defenseless. Two guys on spring break could take over the whole country. Yeah, they could. That's the point. See, it's the cost that will be borne by us mostly, and by the UK to a lesser extent, a little bit, France, Germany, maybe a couple of other ones. But it's really easy to write checks on someone else's bank account. And that's what most of these NATO countries are doing, while, by the way, not actually paying their fair share, their required amount to the mutual defense. They don't even have to put up the people if they put up the money, realistically. But they don't do either. Why? Because the United States for decades has just said, all right, we'll take one for the team. We'll take one for the team. The team has never given one. We'll take one for the team. The closest they ever came was under Donald Trump when some of them did up their money to NATO. That was it. That's all. Uh, Ukraine was, uh, has demanded a concrete timeline for NATO membership, pushing members to commit specific steps for making that happen. But many NATO countries are cautious about risking direct war with Russia, and they are searching for a way to balance Ukraine's hopes with pragmatic security calculations. How about we tell Ukraine, here's a simple solution. Rid your country of all corruption. Yeah, right, right there, everybody in Ukraine and the Ukrainian delegation starts loosening their ties, getting a little uncomfortable, like mm, it's a little bit warm. Here you go. Rid your country of all government corruption and do so for five years. Do so for five years under scrutiny from the international community. Prove that you have rid your country of corruption and then we can talk about you possibly entering NATO. However, Existing conflicts do not constitute an attack on one being an attack on all, meaning you need to get your act together and figure this out with Russia. If that means whatever, whatever you have to do, I don't really care because I'm not interested in having Americans die for you. I'm not interested in nuclear war on a large scale or a small scale for you, for any country, really, but definitely not for the degenerate nation of Ukraine. Oh, that's mean. Those people are those people are suffering. They're suffering mostly from a lifetime of corrupt politicians, horrible political leadership that has spent an awful lot of time gutting 
its country's finances for their own benefit, a ruling class like that, a lot like the Democratic Party in this country. So I don't really care about the fate of Ukraine. I think us writing the checks are enough, right? Don't you think? Putting down American blood, would you be willing to send any American soldiers to die for Ukraine? No. I would suggest that everybody who, you know, every member of Congress who votes for it has to come up with a thousand soldiers to be ready to send over there to Ukraine. Every pundit on MSNBC will be given the choice to either enlist themselves, talking about how important Ukraine is, enlist yourself, or get somebody to go in your stead. How about that? They won't ever do that. Joe Biden dodged the draft, what, five, six times? Oh, he had horrible asthma as a kid. I mean, not so much so he couldn't play high school and college football and run around telling everybody to this day how he was a star and doing just that. But, you know, other stuff. Climbing a flight of stairs really took it out of him, set off his asthma, not not being, you know, rammed in the chest with a helmet and a midfield tackle. No, nah, not that. <sighs> Let's see, where is that the rest of that? Zelensky's angry intervention, which came before the final agreement on Tuesday, but after the language had already been circulating, stated that the alliance had not yet found a way to satisfy both sides. NATO diplomats had hoped to issue a unified declaration on Ukraine's membership prospects on Tuesday as a triumphal moment ahead of Zelensky's visit to the summit. The sharp statement was the latest gamble by the Ukrainian president, who had not hesitated to criticize his backers when he senses a moment to seize more support for Ukraine. NATO diplomats, who, like others, spoke on condition of anonymity to speak freely about the tense talks, said they suspected he was using the tweet as a negotiation tactic. One thing you got to give Zelensky is he's got a huge set of balls in his underpants there. His country is wildly corrupt. His country only continues to exist because other countries give him tens of billions of dollars, seemingly on a monthly, if not weekly basis. How much money is the world? I don't know how much money the world has given Ukraine. I know we've given somewhere in the neighborhood of $100 billion. Where'd that go? The Russian government, the Russian military hasn't taken over Ukraine. Are they, is Ukraine winning back territory? I have no idea. I don't necessarily believe most of the media reports I hear. And from what I understand, the biggest obstacle that the Russians faced was muddy roads. Remember that? They got stuck in a whole bunch of muddy roads. They were advancing, advancing, and then like uh, the thaw came because, you know, spring happens even in Ukraine. And they couldn't get out. Their tanks were stuck. They just didn't, it was poor planning. It was piss poor planning. And they bombed the hell out of their tanks and everything and they just kind of got stuck there for a very long time in the mud. The biggest advantage that Ukraine has is that Russia is more corrupt than they are. That's it. Ukraine, wildly corrupt. We don't have any counting for the money that we've given them, and we never will. Asking that is probably some sort of hate crime or jailable offense that puts you right up there with, I don't know, being a January 6th protester. But they have... The biggest advantage they have is that Russia is more corrupt than they are. Most of the money, I would say, that the Russian government spent on their military in the last 30 years was grifted, grafted. Probably didn't start out that way in the beginning, but then over time when they saw Putin and his inner circle ripping off people, they're like, you know what, I'm going to wet my beak on this defense contract. I'm going to wet my beak on this. And suddenly the readiness went downhill because all they really needed to do, since there were no active conflicts, all they really needed to do was be able to march in a straight line. They need to get tanks that can roll down the street through Red Square, those missile trucks and everything, to roll. It doesn't matter. Nobody knows. Nobody's going to stop and say, let's see if this thing works. Go ahead and take one of the towers off of of the Kremlin. No, they just got to roll down the street. Everybody's got a goose step in uh, in synchronous order and uh, wave at Vladimir Putin or whatever. 
And so Putin's getting rich off of ripping off the government, ripping off the military, and then everybody else in the military is probably getting rich. And suddenly there are all these oligarchs with their private armies, et cetera, et cetera. And you go, huh. Turns out who's shocked, and it's really a testament to the failures of the intelligence community. They're very good at putting down Americans, putting Americans behind bars. They're not super good at accurately understanding what's going on in foreign countries. Like, remember when uh, North Korea tested their nuclear bomb and everybody's like, what? What was that? Did the Earth just fart? How did they they have a bomb? Yeah, and they do all these missile tests and they're like, hey, I don't even know. We didn't know. We didn't have any forewarning. You didn't have any forewarning? You have no sources? You have no, how many satellites do we have up there? Are you not watching them? Are they all from the 70s? Are they all sending back low-definition images? How'd you miss that? How did you miss how close Iran is to a bomb? How'd you miss that? How did you miss that the Russian military is ill-prepared for something as basic as an invasion into Ukraine? How'd you miss that? I don't know. They don't know. They don't answer. They don't have to answer. They're better than you are. And they'll throw your ass in jail if you want. So you get Zelensky over there whining. He wants in Europe. He wants in NATO. He wants in this. He wants in that. He wants in the other thing. Can't blame him. He's been the world's piggy bank. Every parent, especially when you're a kid, they have money stashed somewhere. It was change in my case. When I was a kid, my dad like got all this change and he just put it in uh, like uh, ca- you know the cashew cans that had to come with the, the rubber lid. He'd throw all his change at the end of every day into that thing and save it up. And over the course of a year, he'd save like I don't know five hundred thousand dollars, something like that. He'd sit down and roll them out manually, take them to the bank. That was how he he saved money. Every once in a while, I needed like two bucks. Sorry, Dad. But when I'm like 16, 17, 18 years old, I go in there and go like, four quarters, eight quarters, let's do this. Horrible. Shouldn't have done it. Feel bad about it. Made up for it later on in life. But that was what you did. That's what Ukraine is. (laughs) That's how Ukraine is forever. Look, they're going to put money in there. Everybody's going to put money in there. And then along come the people who gave other people's money and said, you know, you know that money I gave you? I gave you a whole bunch of money. I don't need all of it back, all right? We can't take all of it, but I need some of it back. I need it transferred to this LLC in Romania, and then you don't worry about where it goes from there. That kind of thing. Isn't that kind of interesting? So, yeah, no, hell no to the idea of Ukraine in NATO. We've already got enough, especially with Democrats in charge. We've got enough the damn corruption in this country. Speaking of corruption in this country, this trans issue, it's really, da- I don't know that it's what it's doing to Target. I know people are running around saying, oh, Target's market valuation is down. And great. I, I don't know that it's down all that much. I haven't been tracking it all that much. I haven't been going to Target, but it's, no, I haven't been tracking it. But they've decimated Budweiser. They've decimated uh, InBev, the company that owns Budweiser. It's not even an American company anymore. This story from Yahoo Finance is something to behold. And it's a testament to what conservatives can do if conservatives are willing to do it. Boycotts, you always hear this, boycotts aren't my thing. I don't like boycotts. I don't want to participate in that. I get that. I get it doesn't really matter they're coming after you why the hell wouldn't you go after them with the same vim and vigor if somebody's trying to destroy you trying to damage you trying to strip you of your rights you better damn well fire everything back at them for your own good but now we'll get back to bud white this is amazing Yahoo Finance. As Bud Light, once a beloved contender among the country's favorite beers, spirals down to the 14th spot. The repercussions resonate far beyond the brand itself. Was the top beer in the country. This is cheap, 
easy, ubiquitous. You go to any store, they got Bud Light. You go into most bars, they've got Bud Light. They've got good beer too, but you're like, eh, screw it. I I feel like buying a six pack for three ninety nine. Somebody sent me a an email the other day about how they're just basically giving it away at the grocery stores. I saw one thing from a, I think it was a Safeway, just judging by the, the font on the signs, where you go buy a case of beer for uh Fifteen ninety nine, and then you get a $15 mail-in rebate. So you get a case of beer for a buck or free or whatever the hell it was. It was pretty damn close to free if it wasn't free. They're just trying to get pe- Now they're to the point that they want to have people with it in their hands. Doesn't matter who it is. People, no, I guess not necessarily Dylan Mulvaney, but they want people with it in their hands to reacclimate people to... Bud Light, to the concept of Bud Light. Now, this is going to be interesting. Certainly, conservatives are flexing their muscle, no doubt about it. But if it's just on this one time and just on this one brand, it won't really matter, to be honest with you. It just won't. So, I'm all in favor of this. Don't get me wrong. But it has to be sustained. Let's see. A recent YouGov survey reveals that the decline in Bud Light's ranking, casting it below competitors like Pabst Blue Ribbon. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Man, that's pretty low. Pabst Blue Ribbon and uh, Miller Genuine Draft. I thought Miller was more popular. Now. Miller Genuine Draft and uh, Miller Light, even Miller Light. God, when I was a kid, like every sports commercial was... Miller Lite was one group of sort of has-been-y kind of people yelling at another group of kind of has-been-y people going, tastes great, less filling, tastes great, less filling. Let's see. This seismic shift in popularity jeopardizes the livelihood of 65,000 people whose economic well-being is intricately tied to Anheuser-Busch InBev's success. This is how they're going to come at you now. This is how the left is going to come at you. You have never read a story about all the people who work for, say, Chick-fil-A, right? I think some people are pissed off at Chick-fil-A right now, too, but I don't care. Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby. There are thousands upon thousands of people who work for both of those companies. You have not heard or seen a single story on television or the news as the left calls for boycotts and everything. There's no concern whatsoever. What about all the employees of Chick-fil-A? What about all the employees of Hobby Lobby? They don't care. But Yahoo's like, oh, you got to worry because you've got 65,000 people who, all 65,000 of them work, they work for Anheuser-Busch InBev. It's still a large company worth billions and billions and tens of billions of dollars. It's still selling lots of money. It might have to tighten its belt. It might have to, I don't know, um, lose some people. What it might have to do is, and what it should do is lose some people at the top, lose everybody involved in this decision and everybody involved in the branding decisions that have been made in probably the last 10 years, certainly the last five, as this thing drifted into nothingness. Once you stop going in a direction that is good for the company, even sustaining, you, you've got to go. But nope, they're just concerned about They'll get rid of the guy who put the caps on the beers, the guy who manufactures and punches out the pull tabs. He's the one who's going to get screwed because it ain't going to be the CEO. CEO will be the last one. He's probably packing up his golden parachute right now. Anheuser-Busch CEO, Brendan Whitworth. Uh, do you have a more stereo? That name, Brendan Whitworth, sounds like somebody that David Spade would have played in a movie in the 90s, right? Hey, everybody, it's Brendan Whitworth. Ugh. Let me be. Leave me alone with my ascot. Brendan Whitworth has taken full responsibility for the controversial promotion involving transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney that caused sales to plummet. He didn't take full responsibility because full responsibility would be seppuku professionally. He's still in the job. In an interview with CBS, Whitworth emphasized that it is ultimate, he is ultimately accountable for the actions of the company expressing concerns for people whose livelihoods depend on Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. You got to go. The company has to go. You need a full new direction for this company. And there don't seem to be, uh, there doesn't seem to be anybody there uh, 
willing to do it. When everybody's scrambling to keep their jobs, nobody's going to make any bold moves. Nobody's going to make any daring moves. And if you really start drilling down and getting rid of everybody who made bad decisions in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion over the past five or 10 years in this company and firing them, you are inviting lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. See, it doesn't matter if you're an at-will employee. It just matters that you are willing to do whatever you want. The producer at uh, Tucker Carlson's show at Fox got, what, a $13 million settlement or something like that? Because there were mean text messages, she claimed, or things that triggered her, whatever it was. It doesn't really matter. She never once met Tucker Carlson in person, but somehow he created a hostile work environment in text form that she just simply couldn't bring herself to bear any longer and yet fit comfortably in complaining about Fox News on MSNBC. See, it's another bad, bad hiring practice. Fox is rather notorious at making bad hiring decisions. Why? Because their headquarters are in New York. That's really Fox's biggest problem, is that their headquarters are in Manhattan. Who the hell do you think you're going to find in a city that is overwhelmingly left-wing? Who do you think is going to live there? Who do you think is going to work there? Who do you think is going to apply for jobs there? And you can sit there and you go, well, a lot of people across the country would love to work for Fox in New York, live in Manhattan. What 20-something or young 30-something wouldn't want to have a chance at bite at the Big Apple? They have it. Except that an entry-level job will pay you just enough to rent part of a closet and sleep next to a homeless guy whose pillow is made of his own defecation. See, you get people who live in New York, who have lived in New York for a long time, the kids of those people. And the longer the generation has the wealth, the less they appreciate or understand or even get why and where that wealth came from. And they sit there and they go, why shouldn't everybody have it? They're never willing to give up their own, but why shouldn't everybody have it? So maybe you should, I don't know, if you want to save Fox and the Fox brand, instead of shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic and putting people in positions they simply cannot. You know, Piers Morgan is doing the old 8 o'clock slot this week, or at least he did it yesterday. Piers Morgan is kind of all over the map politically, but he's always interesting. He's always, sometimes he's frustrating, infuriating, wrong, but he's never dull. He's never boring. He's never phoning it in. He's never doing these stupid man on the street things to fill time and fluff and everything. I just see Fox going downhill. If they don't make significant changes in the formatting of the shows that they're shuffling around, I can't imagine them continuing on the success and i only care about that not because i'm a shareholder in fox corp or whatever the hell it is i'm not but i only care about that in regards to how it impacts conservatism need somebody else to step up or we need them to right their ship and there's no sign whatsoever of either of that happening anyway enough bitching about that i'm sure there'll be enough to complain about next week but i can tell you if you get a chance check out piers morgan Check out Piers Morgan. He's interesting. He's entertaining. He's intelligent. Doesn't mean he's always right. Oftentimes he's wrong, but he is interesting. They would have been much better served to put him at 8 o'clock than anybody else they have on staff or anybody else they even had on staff. Uh, what is this one? I, I love these stories. This is, again, one of those things about stocks that I don't... Like if the company's making a hundred billion dollars a year in profit, and it's not, but if a country's making a company's making a hundred billion dollars a year, and what the stock price is going down? Why? Well, because last year and the year before they made one hundred billion dollars a year in profit. There's no growth. They're not growing. Well, at a certain point, don't you? I don't know. Kind of max out. Shouldn't it be the money you got? Look, if I was making, if I had a company that was making money. I wouldn't kick my ass over and you know what? I uh, I only made $15 million this year and I only made $15 million last year. All both pure profit. But it really, I was expecting $18 million 
to $22 million, and I fell short of expectations, and therefore this is a problem, and somehow my value drops as a person if I were on the stock market. is insane, but that's how these businesses work. So, yeah, what is this? Bloomberg. Americans seeking cheaper everyday essentials threatens corporate growth. Oh, no. Americans are cutting back on personal hygiene products in a troubling sign for the U.S. economy and consumer-focused companies. During surging inflation, shoppers kept spending thanks to income gains and government stimulus. But those benefits are waning. Don't give them any ideas. And now Americans are skimping, even on everyday items such as toilet paper and toothpaste. Ugh, imagine the dating scene now in a world where people aren't buying toilet paper and toothpaste. More insights on the economic environment came on Wednesday with the release of June's Consumer Price Index. That measure is anticipated to show annual inflation slowed to 3.1%, its lowest level since March 2001. This is again how the media lied to you, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what the number is. Inflation when Joe Biden took office was right around 2%. It has gone up significantly. This is being measured against itself. Last month, it was up 4%. This month, it's only up 3.1%. Okay, that doesn't mean that you saved 0.9%. That means over the course of two months, the inflation rate was 7.1%, right? It's cumulative. It is not individual by month. You're paying more Every single month, you're just paying more by a smaller percentage. And then again, you get into how the BS ways that they calculate inflation and you begin to see how much more they're stacking the deck even than before. But I'm just saying, put that out there so you know, because honestly, the truth matters. At least it used to. It should. It doesn't really seem too much anymore, but it damn well should. So I wanted to make you aware of that because they're coming for you. Now I want to play you John Kerry. My God, John Kerry is a real piece of work. How does this guy, Massachusetts, I've known some people from Massachusetts. My buddy Sharp, probably listening to this right now. Massachusetts, sounds like a typical Boston Red Sox fan ready to throw down with anybody with a, a pinstripe suit on, let alone a Yankees fan. Can they get anybody better than these people? To re- the clowns that they send, Ed Markey is a goon. You send Elizabeth Warren to the Senate. You send John Kerry to the United States Senate. You put Mitt Romney in the governor's office, for God's sakes. Well, um... <clears throat> John Forbes Kerry was talking about, since we were just talking about the Ukraine war, talking about the Ukraine. His main concern about the Ukraine war in Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine is not the tens of thousands of people dying horrible deaths, the destruction, the untold billions in damage. It's climate change. Lots of parts of the world are exacerbating the problem right now. But when you have bombs going off and damage to septic tanks or to power centers, etc., you have an enormous release of, uh, of greenhouse gas, of methane, of, you know, all of the family of greenhouse gases. And the result is it's adding uh, to the problem. I'm not, you know, believe me, that's uh, the fight in Ukraine is a fight that we have to make, that the world has to make. The values at stake are enormously important to all of us. So I'm not suggesting by any fashion that that this is not a fight we shouldn't be involved in. But I am saying that there are ancillary impacts as a result of it. Yeah, there are ancillary impacts. Greta Thurburgler has had to uh, limit her first class international travel to only two to three days per week, for example. And John Kerry has had to really do nothing, actually. Maybe his quote-unquote carbon offset. And I'm sure that he's having taxpayers in the United States pay. Those, uh, those bogus things are um, <laughs> maybe costing him a little bit more. What a guy. He marries a widow who's worth several hundred million dollars. His family's worth millions of dollars. And then uh, that doesn't work out because why? Because 
there was another widow who was worth billions of dollars. Yeah, the Heinz family, all that ketchup cash. Can you imagine being this guy? Now he's the climate czar. What the hell's the climate czar? Who knows? It doesn't matter. Um, a couple of other things before we get out of here, probably a little bit. Look, I'm going to dismiss class a little early. Larry Nasser. The uh, disgraced physician up at uh, Michigan State University, the guy who molested pretty much everybody in female gymnastics. It's weird. Larry Nasser never made a mistake of not knowing what a woman was. I don't think that's weird. All these, we don't know what a woman is. Women, women. All the people, when nobody goes, you know what, this guy, he asked me on a date and he grabbed my boob and, and I didn't, he didn't realize I was trans. That never seems to happen. All of these perverts, these left-wing perverts, know exactly. They go for the real women, and they leave the trans women alone. Just bizarre. Well, anyway, I love it when bad things happen to bad people. Larry Nasser was stabbed multiple times in prison down in Florida. Again, way to go, Florida. During a fight with another inmate on Sunday. <laughs> stabbed in the back. And the chest, although he's in stable condition. See, unlike Democrats, normal people, even even scumbag prisoners probably serving life in prison just like Larry Nasser, don't go for child molesters. Democrats could learn a thing or two from one of their own in that case. And then, I don't know if you saw this. I re retweeted this, I think, from the, uh, from the uh, New York Post. I don't get these people. I only bring the... And I, I look, if you want to get tattoos, I don't care if you have tattoos. What I'll never understand is people who go crazy with tattoos, who have every square inch of their body covered in tattoos, who just... It's an addiction. Why don't you just stick yourself with pins or something? I don't get it. The morons who stretch their earlobes out to the size of like a, a small show dog could leap through them. That kind of stuff. I just, I look at you and well, he's, he's very smart. He's just, you know, he's got a lot of, no, I don't care. I don't, you may have an IQ that tests off the charts. I will never consider you smart. Being intelligent, being smart are two entirely different things. And I can't look at somebody with tattoos all over their face and think, yeah, this person's got it going on. The story, it's under human interest. I don't know. It's like morbid curiosity would be a better headline for the thing. I spent $96,000 getting tattoos on 90% of my body. I may never be finished. Now you sit there and you go, what the hell? And there's pictures of this moron. And he's literally, he looks, I don't know, stupid. Got it all over his face. Not every, like the center of his face doesn't have any, and his ears aren't tattooed yet, but they've got the giant holes and a bunch of piercings and the giant stretched out holes. And only 4% of his body is not tattooed, but he loves it. Former chef Remy. Now, can I talk for a second about this? Maybe I'll have to do a rant on this at some point on the Week in and Review. I had, like I said the other day, I was watching a lot of Food Network, just because I wanted something on my folded laundry where I didn't have to pay attention to it, wasn't challenging, wasn't super interesting, but was interesting enough. So if I left the room, I didn't go, what did I miss? Uh, oh, he was saucing. Ooh, rewind, I got to see the saucing. But when did the title chef become something akin to like, I don't know, ambassador, congressman, senator, your honor, judges, like... All of these, first of all, I think when you leave office, you should lose your title. Okay? You lose it. You got these people running around and forever there. Congressman, this, Congressman, you haven't been a congressman since the 80s. Give me a break. Ambassador, you were an ambassador for 20 minutes. Mr. Secretary, you were a secretary for, it's a, a stopgap measure for 20 minutes at the end of an administration. Spare me all this crap. The Constitution is very clear that we do not have titles of nobility. What in the hell do you think that crap is? That being said, when did chef become something? Yes, chef. Oh, no, chef. Hey, chef. You watch these cooking shows. You watch like Guy Fieri bringing a whole bunch of people to his backyard or whatever. And they're all grilling out there. Chef, what about it? Hey, chef, 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 this chef, chef. It's a job. It's a job title. 
All right? You can be hired to be a chef in a dive bar with no experience whatsoever. doesn't make you a chef. It's just like celebrity chef. Well, do you ever make a sandwich on TV? Yes, well, then you're a celebrity chef. Huh. You're a supermodel. Really? I'm a supermodel? Why, why are you a supermodel? I've never seen you in anything. It doesn't matter. I was on page 47 of an Amber Crabbie and Fitch catalog back in 2007. I'm therefore a supermodel. I once went on a private yacht with Leonardo DiCaprio until I turned 26 and aged out. I am a supermodel. Like, what? How? Why? What did you, what is so special? It doesn't matter. I am a supermodel. And you just sit there and you watch all this stuff and it's, it's the cheapening of it. A supermodel was, there were models all over the place, but a supermodel was like somebody ubiquitous. You're like, ooh, everybody knows this one. Everybody knows Cindy Crawford. Everybody knows Claudia Schiffer. Everybody knows Tara, what's her face? Can't remember her name. All those ones. Now everybody, uh, you do catalog work? Yeah, I was in the... uh, I was in the Target Weekend Circular. Ooh, a supermodel over there wearing the uh, the collared shirt. Yeah, you're in the Old Navy ads. Can we just stop with it? He's a chef. He's a cook, whatever the hell he is. He's got to be independently wealthy or have resigned himself to a life without a job, this guy. Former Chef Rennie has spent over 1,000 hours getting inked, tracking his progress with his 213,000 followers on Instagram. You want to track the downfall of Western civilization, track the social media footprint of morons like this. In a recent post, the Canadian tattoo addict shared a snap of his body that looked um, what it looked like now, with an almost completely blacked out from all the ink in comparison to what it looked like in 2020. The caption of the photos, the dad of one says, quote, over, uh, in the caption of the photos, the dad of one said, quote, over the, what the hell's the dad of one said? Over the many years, we will go through countless changes, but better to embrace it than rail against it. Sometimes things just take a little while before they begin to make sense to you. But there's always a reason, he wrote. End quote. No, he's a moron. Not that he was much of a looker beforehand, but good God. In another, I don't know, ladies, is that, like, I get it. Oh, I like dudes with tattoos. Do you like dudes who are, like, covered in tattoos? A guy who looked like he was pushed into a vat of tattoo ink? It's a stain. But when I dye my hair, like, if I don't put gloves on, my fingers get brown. For a couple of days, I'm like ooh, I like your ink, dude. No, no, that's just, that's just uh, what the hell is it? L'Oreal Excellence Cream. So this guy's running around, spent ninety five, ninety six thousand dollars on his tattoos. Who's gonna hire this idiot? I don't know. I don't know. He'll probably have some kind of reality show. There are reality shows about idiots. T- this tattooing themselves and putting frisbees in their lips and all this other crap and just sit there and you go where is the sweet meteor of death and you sit there as a parent and you just go god i hope to god how do i how do i steer my kids away from this stupidity hopefully see when i was a kid very few people had tattoos if you went to prison, you had tattoos. A couple other people had. Bikers had tattoos. And then they started becoming more and more common. There was nothing I ever knew I would like forever, so I didn't ever get a tattoo. Now their tattoos are everywhere. They're, they're, oh, I'm so rebellious. Yeah, you're so rebellious that you're doing exactly what everybody else is doing. Congratulations. You're an individual. Well, hopefully that will snap back and then people don't have tattoos for a while. That would be nice. That would be wonderful. Then I wouldn't have to worry about my kids doing this crap. Lastly, today, to just show you how Democrats work, there are still, I was talking to my friend Brian today about the people who are still in prison from January 6th without even having been tried yet, being held without bail. Two years plus, two and a half years after January 6th. Now, I don't know what these individuals did. If it's something wildly horrible, then fine. But most of them don't seem to have done anything wildly horrible. Whereas 
Manson family members did some horrible things. TMZ. Leslie Van Houten, a former member of the Manson family, has been released from prison after more than four decades behind bars. The convicted murderer walked out of a California facility Tuesday after successfully receiving parole earlier in the month. This after Governor Gavin Newsom said he would not challenge her release, despite doing so on three different times throughout his tenure as governor. Yes, that's right. Van Houten was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder and one count of conspiracy to commit murder way back in 1971 for her involvement in the grisly 1969 Lobianca murders in Los Angeles when uh, Leno and Rosemary Bianca were stabbed to death in their home. Van Houten said she held Rosemary down while someone else stabbed her and later admitted she stabbed her as well after Rosemary was dead. In the years since her conviction, Van Houten's attorneys have said she was young and brainwashed by cult leader Charles Manson at the time, arguing that she had been rehabilitated. Well, I'm not really interested in her rehabilitation. It's a penal system. That is punishment, not about a phallus. And the punishment for murdering people should be death, especially when you do so in a premeditated way. But short of that, the rest of your natural life in prison. Now this woman, she's 73 years old. I'm not saying she's a threat to anybody. I honestly don't care if she's a threat to anybody. It is about the punishment for the murders that she committed, that she participated in, that she enabled, that she cheered. But Democrats favor someone like this. Somebody, the uh, QAnon shaman guy, the guy running around with the Chewbacca costume, whatever, with the horns. They want the book thrown at him, and they want to write the book, wipe the book clean for members of the Manson family. Out in California, I'm sure that her voting rights will be reinstated almost immediately. And she will probably be a tenured professor by the end of the summer at at least two different prestigious universities. That's how Democrats work. That's enough for today. It's kind of a slow news day. Anyway, have yourself a wonderful Wednesday. Thank God for a slow news day every once in a while, right? Because things are usually really, really, really bad. Of course, Joe Biden's given a speech today to the world. Who knows what's going to happen there? Hopefully I don't put any sandbags around the stage. Have an awesome meatbook. We'll be back here tomorrow. Thanks for listening.